0: is a learned response, and if you learned that response, you can unlearn. The way to learn a new way is be filled with the Holy Spirit and give God that anger problem because, see, that anger sets the atmosphere of a home.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire
0: Every home has an atmosphere that is either good and beneficial or negative and depleting. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Family Matters. You know, we all know that atmosphere means when you're talking about the atmosphere of a restaurant or of a doctor's office or a business or, yes, a home. The atmosphere of a place can be upbeat and happy, encouraging and uplifting, or it can be negative, solemn, or even toxic. God desires that the atmosphere that pervades a Christian's home be edifying, positive, encouraging, and joyous. And the good news is, the Bible tells us how to establish this kind of atmosphere. So let's go straight to the second message in our Family Matters series and see what God has to say about your home's atmosphere. He said, I'm going to take you out so that I can take you in. I'm going to take you out of a curse and bring you into a blessing. I'm going to take you out of death and bring you into life. I'm going to take you out of hell and I'm going to bring you into heaven. I'm going to take you out of blind and I'm going to bring you into sight. The Bible says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we lay down our sin, so that we can pick up a brand new lifestyle of pursuing God. Now, here's my point. He never calls us out of something or asks us to lay something down to leave us standing there empty. That's what the mistake that man made. He was cleansed, but he did not practice the presence of God, and the enemy got a foothold in his life. So in Jesus' story, Satan swooped in, To capitalize on the emptiness of the house, though it was clean. Now, here's the lesson for us when it has to do with our home. Once we're saved, we must learn how to ongoingly fill our hearts and lives with the word and the worship and fellowship and good works lest Satan take advantage of the emptiness with fresh temptations. That's why it says to the believer, you ought to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. It says be being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that we are to graze every day in the Word of God. We are not to allow an empty vacuum to remain in our life, but fill ourselves. And not only ourselves, but our home. Our homes are exactly the same way. They may be filled with saved people, but we've got to learn how to practice the presence of God in our homes. lest Satan come and steal the peace away and attack us. And listen, let me talk to you about spiritual warfare. You think the enemy is not trying to change the atmosphere of your home? Because he knows that atmosphere matters. He knows if it's a draining Trying, vexing atmosphere, you're going to walk out of your house every day limping, dragging, beat down, depressed, discouraged. He also knows that if it is a joyful, loving, happy, God-filled home, you're going to walk out ready to take on the world and the devil all at once. Because the atmosphere of your home matters. A survey was taken of 286 students. In a Christian high school, and this is what the survey revealed, 45% of 286 students, as good as half, said that they have experienced a presence seen or heard in their room that scared them. Now, I'm not sharing these things with you to freak you out. I want you to see that the enemy is out to change the atmosphere of your home. And sometimes you got to stand up and chase him out. Sometimes you got to stand up in the middle of your living room and say, that's it, and put your foot down and worship God until the spirit falls and the enemy is driven out. So a presence in their room that scared them. Fifty-nine percent said they harbored bad thoughts about God. Forty-three percent said they find it mentally hard to pray and read their Bible in their own home. Sixty-nine percent reported hearing voices in their head like there was a subconscious voice talking to them. Twenty-two percent said they frequently entertain thoughts of suicide. This is teenagers in Christian homes whose parents have paid good money to put them in a Christian school, but this is the atmosphere they're encountering at home. This is the enemy attacking the atmosphere of their home. So when God created the home, he created it to be a place of encouragement, edification, and joy. A place we look forward to returning to at the end of a hard day. A refuge from the storms of life is what our home should be. A filling station where our spirits are refueled with strength and hope. They are to be places of joy. They are to be places of encouragement and edification and exhortation and comfort. Not discouragement and not being beat down, but a place where Jesus is ministering to the members of that household. Through each other. Now, if ever there were Bible verses that tell us how to change the atmosphere. Now, I want to know, how many of you would like to change the atmosphere of your home? Even if it's a good atmosphere, how many of you can say, I know it could be better? Come on. Come on. You say, well, I don't know, Jeff, I'm single. Well, you need Jesus there if you're single too. So you might as well raise your hand. Now, if ever there were Bible verses about changing the atmosphere of your home, they are in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Now, Paul wrote these to the church, but they are right for the home. So I'm going to deal with three things that will change the atmosphere of your home. How many of you are ready for that? Let me deal with them. First of all, we're going to see in Ephesians 4:29. watch your words. Listen to verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good, helpful, and edifying so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. He's dealing with the words. Now Paul is meddling and I'm gonna tell you right up front, I've said wrong things many times in the home. I'm not pointing a finger at you saying you need to get it together because I've got it all together and have had for many years. No, no, no. I've messed up with my words and so have you. Remember James said, if you're perfect with your words, you're a perfect man. And I don't think there's one perfect man or one perfect woman in this room. So let's just allow the word to talk to us today. Without feeling like you know we're being beat on or anything, because that's not what it's for. I'm gonna encourage you with this, and I'm gonna give you some wisdom with this. And it has spoken to me as well. Nothing sets the atmosphere of a home like the words we speak. And the tone we speak them in. Because you ever notice you can say the right thing with the wrong tone? Matter of fact, some of you are pros at saying the right thing with the wrong tone. How you doing today, honey? Fine. Oh, I'm just doing fine. I love you, honey. Ah, I love you too. Tone. Do you know that attitude shows through tone more than any other thing? You can say the right thing the wrong way. But here's the deal. If critical, harsh, angry words are being spoken in the home all the time, it creates an atmosphere. It creates an atmosphere of sorrow, of tension, and of resentment and discouragement because, because your words set the atmosphere of the home. Now, I know this stings a little bit, but we need to hear this because there is power in what we say. Conversely, kind, encouraging, soft-spoken, loving words will totally change the atmosphere into one of blessing and of peace. It will. The words you say. There's nothing more powerful in the home than the words that are spoken in that home. They set the atmosphere. The Bible says death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie on the planet. Because words will hurt you more than sticks and stones. Sticks and stones will hurt you for a season, but the bruising will go away. But what is spoken over us via words can last a lifetime. You can destroy a person with words. Many a person's potential, future, self-esteem, ambition, confidence have been hindered or destroyed by words spoken to them in childhood. Did you know the research has shown that it takes five positive statements to undo every one negative statement? If I say to you, well, you're kind of bumbling, i got to come up with five things good to say to undo what I just said. That's a lot of work. It's easier to just say something good right off the bat. With one negative thing, it takes five positive Words to undo it. You change a person's life by the words you speak over them, especially a child. Let me give you an example. Words like, you're a loser. You don't ever do anything right. You're ugly. You sure didn't get blessed in the genetic department. You don't have any talent or ability. You really irritate me all the time. I can't wait for you to move. You're not lovable. You're not even likable. Do you know that those kind of words go into somebody's mind? Now it doesn't have to be a child, it can be an adult, it can be a spouse, it can be a friend, it can be anybody and everybody, but words like that go in like a seed that is sown into their mind and it begins to work on them. And the enemy's plan is that words like that will put a root down and will be believed by the person who hears them and that their self-esteem and confidence will be ripped down and destroyed for the rest of their days, that it will take away their potential in God. Words like these, though, conversely, make a person's future, can literally set a person on a path to be mighty and great for God. Listen to this. God has a great plan for you. You're talking to a child or to a spouse or to a friend. God's got a great plan for you. You are really good at that. I love you. You're so lovable. God has gifted you. You are so special to me. I can't imagine life without you. You have brought such favor and blessing into my life. Really? Wow. These are words that bring life and that change the atmosphere of a home. Do you know that growing up, if somebody speaks negative over you, they tell you one of those negative things. They speak that word into you and it goes down into you like a seed. It affects your self-esteem. It affects your confidence. My observation of people is this. When somebody's got a really low self-esteem, they are wide open to more sin than the normal person and often to criminal activity because of the way they see themselves, because of what was spoken over them. Growing up, I thought that I was stupid. I really did. I was surrounded by some people who said that to me. And so I began to believe that. My self-esteem when I got saved was way down here. Not just stupid, but I was around some really bad so-called friends that spoke all kinds of negative things over me. And I began to believe them. And when I came to Jesus, I thought nothing of myself. I'd been involved in criminal activity. I had gotten out of school. The way I saw myself was affecting my whole life. But what did it was things that were spoken over me. But when I got saved, the Lord immediately began to send people into my life that spoke positive over me. And here's what it did. I'm standing there one day, and somebody says to me out of the blue, Jeff, you're a natural leader. I turn around look who they were talking to. I said, me? They said, you're a natural leader. Don't you see the way people respond to you? I said, I've never noticed any such thing. But it made me think, all right. Uh Uh-huh. All right, I've got something going on here. And then one day, somebody said to me, Jeff, you're really intelligent. And again, I looked behind me. And they said, no, you really are. And then they gave me an IQ test. And let me tell you, I was anything but stupid. And so, but God did this. God started bringing into my life, and then he brought a very special couple into my life. They said, Jeff, you're gifted. You can preach. God's got his hand on you. There's a real destiny for you. We're excited about you. And it picked me up. And I began to think, wow. See, everybody say there's power. In what you speak over people. And so before long, I began to believe what I was hearing about myself. And I began to get excited about my future for the very first time in my life. Because God sent encouragers into my life who constantly encouraged me. And they were speaking the word of God over me and not the word of the enemy. So the first thing to change the atmosphere in your home is your words. Now, the second thing that Paul says... You're not going to believe this, but it's in the Bible. He said, quit being mean. Look at verse 31. He says, stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry. Quarreling, harsh words, and dislike of others should have no place in your lives, and that includes home. Now, that little phrase, bad-tempered, is talking about the person who walks around simmering with anger underneath. They're just angry all the time. They're angry at life, angry at the world. They may not say it. Matter of fact, they may be saying the right things, but you know that underneath they're angry. And that anger simmers in the home all the time. You walk into that home and it's just tense. It's tense because people in it are angry. And it's simmering. And then after the word or the phrase bad-tempered, he says anger. He says, don't be mean, bad-tempered, or angry. Now, that word angry is translated in the King James Version, wrath. And it's taken from the Greek word meaning explosions of anger that erupt suddenly. This is the time bomb type person who has a short trigger. They blow up suddenly in fits of rage. When this person comes home, all the pets run for cover. Proverbs 14, 17 says, A quick-tempered man does stupid things. Now, I know it says foolish up there, but another version says stupid, and I'm going to use that one. Because when you're angry, when you lose your temper, you do stupid things. How many of you know that's true? And have you ever known somebody who says, well, the reason I'm angry all the time, I'm redheaded. Or I'm Irish. They say, I've got red hair. You know how red-haired people are. We get angry very easy. And you know what? That's baloney because we all have the same heart. You don't get to be angry because you're redheaded. I'm green-eyed. What does that allow me to do? Right? The bottom line is, if you've got a short fuse, you're going to do a lot of foolish things. And the Bible says that in the home, we need to get a handle on this. Will Rogers said, whenever you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. And that's true. Isn't it interesting that the Bible doesn't say to this person, you need pills or counseling, or therapy. You know what the Bible says? Stop it. Well, there's a novel thought. Now, the Bible's not going to tell me to stop it if I can't stop it. You say, well, Jeff, I can't. My anger is just out of sight. I cannot stop. When I get mad and I blow, I just can't help myself. Yes, you can. We've all been in situations where there's an argument going on, and you have lost it. You're in a rage, and words are flying, and the volume is rising, and you're in a terrible fight, and the phone rings, and you run over. Hello? Oh, hello, it's good to talk. Yes, I'm doing just how we're doing wonderful. Yes, okay, we'll talk to you soon, and you hang out. Now, where were we? Or you're on your way to church and everybody is at each other's throat and you're quarreling and the kids are bugging you and you're squabbling in the front seat and you pull into the parking lot and you get out and that halo just drops right on you and you see the usher. Well, hello, brother. God is good all the time and all of the time God is good. And you stop. I am preaching it. Some of you are looking at me like, never me. (laughs) So say with me, I can stop it. When I have to, I do stop it. The Bible solution is simple. Be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Anger is a learned response. And if you learned that response, you can unlearn that response. The way to get out of it, the way to learn a new way is be filled with the Holy Spirit and give God that anger problem because, see, that anger sets the atmosphere of a home. And you don't want yourself growing up in a home with that atmosphere, and you don't want your kids growing up in a home of that atmosphere. Finally, an atmosphere of peace and joy comes when we practice kindness and forgiveness. Listen, instead of blowing your stack and being mean and being angry, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, I know what he's done with me. How has Jesus treated you? When you mess up, he forgives you. He overlooks your faults. He loves you unconditionally. And he says, in the same way that he does that to you, you practice that towards others, kindness. Kindness simply means you're gentle, you're pleasant, you're not mean, you're not ornery, you're not always on edge, you're kind. You say things that edify and encourage. You're tender of heart. You're compassionate. You're understanding. You're sensitive to others. Treat people in the house the way you want to be treated. Say, well, why should I do that? They're not acting that way. Well, you'll find that if you act this way, you will change people in the house eventually. It will. Because all of you are feeding this anger and resentment and the game playing that goes on in so many homes, you just stop feeding it. And you say, I'm done acting this way. As for me, I'm going to act kind. I'm going to be giving. I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to forgive instantly. I'm not going to hold people's mistakes and shortcomings and faults against them. I'm not going to bring up what they did three years ago and get historical. Because when you get historical, you get hysterical. I'm not at all saying you shouldn't be truthful or firm, that you should never correct or punish for things that are done wrong. But as a rule, you practice kindness. The Bible says in Proverbs 31 about the godly woman, she lives according to the law. Look at that. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is a law of kindness. She has said, kindness for me is a law that I submit to. I'm going to be kind in my home. Say with me, watch your words, stop being mean and angry, practice kindness and forgiveness. Those things right there, those things alone will change the atmosphere. Well, if you've ever been in a home situation where the atmosphere was negative, draining, and maybe even toxic, you know how important it is to establish a godly atmosphere in your home. I hope today's message has helped encourage you to take the steps we've covered in order to establish a positive, joyful, and encouraging atmosphere in your home. And let me encourage you today to take advantage of the many resources available on the Life Talk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. There you're going to discover a large archive of former Life Talk messages that are still changing lives today. And you can also learn how to help us financially take God's word to America via the Lifetalk radio broadcast. And be sure to join me next time for part three in our Family Matters series where I'm going to be speaking on How to Handle Conflict in the Home. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you.
1: Your home's atmosphere is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Family Matters. You can own a copy of this three CD set for just $15 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll free at 877 884 3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Family Matters, for only $15 plus shipping by logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111.